Welcome to the Mind Over Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Carly Crew, a mom to twin girls, small town family doctor, and an anxiety and mindset coach for moms and mompreneurs. Let's face it, motherhood is an adventure, and it can be all-consuming if we let it. I believe that too often we lose ourselves when we become mothers, and our lives run us rather than us running our lives. This podcast is designed for the multi-passionate but overwhelmed mom who is ready to master her mindset, quiet the chaos, and create the life and business of her dreams without sacrificing what's important to her. Each week on this show, I'll bring expert tips, guest interviews, and a healthy dose of honesty to help you finally step back into your power and create the life you've always wanted. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to Mind Over Motherhood. I am pumped to talk to Karen Grill today, who is my guest expert and is a business and productivity coach for entrepreneurs. And she's also a certified Fix This Next advisor, which is very interesting to me. And I want to learn more about that. Having started her first online business over 10 years ago, Karen knows the struggles of entrepreneurs and has learned the strategies for creating a successful business. She loves helping business owners manage their time, overcome their tech issues, create systems and strategies to work less and earn more so that they can run the business they love while still having time for their families and themselves, which that's exactly what we all want as entrepreneurs, right? We all want to have the success and the luxury and the freedom of time and, uh, you know, the financial freedom, the location freedom that comes with an online business. But often it takes up so much time that we can lose sight of that. So I'm really excited to chat with Karen. Karen, thank you so much for joining me on Mind Over Motherhood. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about time management. I love talking about it with moms who are so motivated for their businesses and even just helping their families. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm sure you're going to just have so much awesome practical tips for our audience. And I know that time management, like you said, is such a hot topic for moms. I feel like we always have so much that we're doing. And, and even though I'm kind of against the idea of the hustle, we are always trying to kind of like squeeze just a little bit more out of the time that we have. So I'm sure that you're going to share just a wealth of tools with us and strategies. So why don't we start by you just telling our audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I did start my first online business over 10 years ago and it had nothing to do with what I'm doing now. Um, but I really struggled. My husband was working in another state and so I had two little boys. They were three and five at the time. And so I really struggled with trying to start this business and run it. And then what was I going to do with these two boys who were with me all the time? And so I took tons of productivity courses. I read every book and blog that I could trying to figure it out. But I realized that none of them had the life that I had. A lot of them were written by men. They didn't have the responsibility to care for two little kids who, you know, they could get hit in the head at school and I'd have to go pick them up or they'd be sick. And I would ask them, so what do we do when my whole plan for the day was totally destroyed because something came up? They said, I don't know. I've never had that happen. You know, I just go to work. I work nine to five and that's the way it is. And so I really struggled. And so I just really decided that I needed to find a way to make this work. And so I was able to kind of create the system and these strategies that allowed me to actually have this business. And I only work part time and still then have the time for the boys that I want to. 
So important. Like so, so important. And because I think that's why moms start online businesses in the beginning, right? Is that we hear that they're flexible and it allows you to be home, but then you start it and all of a sudden you're like, but I did this so I could be with my kids and I'm not with them at all. And so talk to me, let's start by talking about systems. So some of my audience is, you know, business minded or entrepreneurial and some of them are not. So can you share a little bit about what you mean when you talk about systems? Sure. So, I mean, basically it can be systems in business, but also systems around your house, right? Whatever that is. So I think one of the things, the place to start is to think about something that you do repeatedly. And that seems to take a lot of time and maybe a lot of the times you don't like to do it. So maybe it's, you know, scheduling appointments where you're going back and forth by email, trying to figure out a time and a day that will work for this other person. That's really not a good use of your time. And so you have, uh, once you've identified that, you can have options. So you maybe you outsource that. Maybe there's certain things that you just don't want to do and you're able to find someone to do that for you. But a lot of the times, it's just finding the right tool or process that you can put into place. So this kind of runs on autopilot behind you and you don't even have to do anything. And I think we are so lucky to live in the times that we do now. When I started my business over 10 years ago, they didn't have all these software and tools that they have now, right? I couldn't even find a payment processor back then that did like subscription payments each month. And so now to have this wealth of tools, so whether you have like a calendar system that people can click a link, they can pay you, they can sign up for the day and time, and it takes you completely out of the loop. The uh, system actually sends reminders and things as well. So all you have to do is send them a link and then show up on the day that they schedule, right? So. That's one system that can really save a lot of time. And I see that with most of my clients that having some system like that in place saves them so much time so they can really focus on the work that only they can do. Absolutely. No, I, I, as you were saying that, I was even just thinking about my own business and the processes that I repeat. And um, it really isn't even been until maybe the last three or four months that I've actually started to identify these repeatable processes because it does take time when you're a newer entrepreneur, right? I've been doing this now for about 18 months, but when you're a newer entrepreneur, you're like, I don't know what my things are that I do all the time, right? Until you like create a podcast. And then there's this like sequence of steps that happen that you can identify as a, as a process. And then you a system and i think a lot of the time um i uh, like entrepreneurs our mindset is kind of like i'll do it myself because it'll be quicker and i know it'll work and i tend to you know and then that's where we lose a lot of time is because we're so insistent on having things done by ourselves and being so self-sufficient that sometimes we we either think it's like we outsource it and pay someone or we do it ourselves and we don't realize that there's sometimes this space in between that could exist with tech which is like awesome right i just discovered zapier like uh-huh. newest, most amazing thing ever. And I have a, I've cre- just created a brand new little system for my like Google documents. I feel very techie, Karen. I feel very, <laughs> very techie um, that I created, you know, when you apply for it to be on a, a guest on my podcast, it generates a uh, card on a Trello board. And I'm just like, this is the most amazing thing. And it's probably like so basic, but so let's, let's talk a little bit then about what are some of, you mentioned like the calendar and the scheduling thing, but are there, are there processes that, that new business owners might have like the more common ones say that you see that they don't realize systems exist for? Right. So, you know, that's one of the first ones, typically some kind of calendar system, especially for like the coaches kind of at that sector, but even with any kind of process that you have, like content creation. So whether you have a blog or you have social media posts, I'm sure everyone has something that they're creating. It could be videos, it could be a podcast like you. You need to start to think about and break that down. When you start to really observe yourself and see all the little steps, I'm sure that goes into a podcast, all the little steps that there are, 
there's usually a way you can think, huh? So again, you usually have two options kind of, and maybe a third. Can I outsource part of this? And that's a good option. It's not typically one when you're starting out that you probably would go to, but then you can think, okay, is there a way I can do this more efficiently, right? So is there a way, is there a tool? And usually there's so many great groups out there that you can see if you ask a question, they'll tell you the tools that they're using and you can check them out if you're not sure what to use so that you can actually put the process in place and then save yourself time. And people say, but Karen, I don't have time to research these programs. Karen, I don't have time to create this process. And typically I'll say, you don't have time not to do this, right? Because it does take some upfront time to create any new system or process. But once you put it into place, it's just a load off your mind to have this happen in the background for you, where you have maybe one little part at the beginning, it goes, and then you have a part at the end. So anytime you can think about anything that you do in your business. It could be like uh, finances, accounting, right? There's a lot of tools that can help you with that end of it. Um, even like with documents, how you store them. There are so many ways that you can automate and kind of systematize parts of your business. And I think it's just a relief not to have to worry about those things. And then you can either work, I know you have clients or maybe you can only focus on your podcast guests, whatever that is for you, you can save time doing that. So true. Like everything you're saying is so, so true because it did take me some time initially to start setting up some of the things, right? To set up my calendar, calendar, my acuity that I use and to set up all these different things. And they're not flawless systems because Karen didn't even get her Zoom link today, but that's besides the point, you know, um, you know, they're not flawless systems, but you're so right that there is this degree of relief. Like now, literally when I get a podcast, you know, application, it's like right in my board and all the things populate, all the checklists that I have to go through. And it just has removed so much of the kind of cognitive workload that yes. really I find comes with entrepreneurship because you're kind of like thinking three you know three weeks ahead all the time for content creation and what podcast is going up and do I have all the graphics set up and and I think that by knowing that some of those systems are designed like and set up for you it just gets so much easier so I just love that I could like geek out on tech and systems <laughs> like I could probably like talk your ear off of like wanting to know more about systems right. um that's awesome. Okay. So, and of course you mentioned that it takes time to, you know, create these systems and learn about the tech, but that you get time back. And that was going to be one thing that we wanted to talk about a lot today was time management strategies. So why don't you just, I'll just let you give her and you can kind of just tell us all your expertise about time management. Okay. So I thought at first, let's talk a little bit about time management for business, but I also have some tips at kind of the mom side of time management, right? So I think one of the biggest mistakes that I see people making with time management is they think that if they create a schedule now, it'll like work for the whole year. And that's just not true. Our lives change throughout the year, whether it's seasonal work or even like your activities, maybe your kids have, things change throughout the year. So I always think it's important first to set a time frame. So we're kind of coming up on summer. I think a lot of kids' schools are ending. So think about your summer and have that kind of as your time frame. So maybe that's like two and a half months that you can kind of set as your time frame. And then for that time frame, you have to set a priority. So I think a lot of people skip this step. They think, oh, I can do lots of different things. But if you don't do one thing, you're not going to ever get anything completely done. And I always talk about priorities for three different areas, typically of your life. So one is a business priority, right? So for this time frame of two and a half months, what is going to be your main priority? Maybe it's creating a new course. Um, maybe it's starting a new program. Whatever that is, that's going to be your focus so that each week when you're kind of figuring out what you're going to do, remember, oh, that's right, my priority is this course. So I need to make sure I'm getting those things done first and then I can do some of the other things. So a priority for your business, a priority for your family. 
So maybe your kids want to learn a new skill. Maybe they want to learn to swim, whatever that is. If that's the focus, then you're going to help them with that. Or maybe you want to read your kids a bedtime story every night, right? So think about what you really want your family to be like for the summer and how you can help them with that. And then I always have a priority for yourself. I think so many moms skip that part. And I think without this, we just get so burnt out and you can get burnt out in business, but also burnt out just, I think in motherhood. And so if you don't set aside a little time, I'm not even talking, you know, large amounts of time, but something that is really important to you. Like I am working on a cross stitch thing. So that's my priority for right now. I really want to get this project done. It's a birthday present. And if I didn't have this focus, it just wouldn't be happening, but it's actually relaxing for me. It's something I like to do. So think about something that would maybe make you feel good. Maybe it's a bubble bath every night. I don't know what that is for you, but think about something that really kind of lights you up, that gets you excited, that makes you feel refreshed and make sure that you have that as a priority for yourself. So we talked first about the time frame and the priorities. So those are two important steps that a lot of people skip, I think, from the beginning. <laughs> the prioritizing for sure. Because yeah. I think, I mean, I mean, my audience on Mind Over Motherhood is very well versed in my whole like lectures on self-care and taking time for yourself because I think it's so, so critical in, in managing your mindset and all that. And we do tend to leave that like last. But more importantly, I think that as moms, we tend to have 18 priorities at any given time. Like in my, you know, when you said pick one priority for your business and I'm like, um, like there's like six that come up in my head. I'm like, well, how do I only do that one? Like, I don't know how that works. So, so I think you're right, right? Because when we multitask, ask we we only give whatever the phrase is like you only give like 10 percent to 10 things whereas you're not giving 100 percent to that one thing so prioritizing is super super important yeah what else so i really like to talk about um i like using time block schedules so i don't know if you've done the block schedules before but there's a couple different reasons why you know they've done a lot of research on the brain and when you do similar activities in a row it's much more efficient. So when you think about, let's say you're doing invoices. So if you do an invoice, 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 you're using the same part of brain, which is really efficient. And sometimes we have that feeling of being in the flow, right? Things just seem to come easily. And I think that's kind of what that is mimicking. But if you did an invoice and then you checked your Instagram and you came back in an invoice, they've really shown that it can take like up to 20 minutes for your brain to be able to refocus. And because we don't have very much time as mom entrepreneurs, we need to make sure that anytime we're sitting down to work, we're going to be as efficient as possible. And so when you block your time, so whether it's maybe you have a content creation block, so maybe that's when you write your social media post or maybe when you write your blog post. When you do those similar things in a row, I think that just makes it so much easier and you can actually get it done. And if you do it at the same time every week, so let's say every Tuesday at 10 a.m., that's when you write your blog post. It's almost like you train your brain to know what to do. So when I sit down to write, it's like my brain's like, oh yeah, it's Tuesday at 10. I, I know I'm supposed to be writing now, not do numbers or something else. Like it knows. And we want to make sure we're working with our brains, right? Helping our brains, not working against it. So really try to figure out the types of activities you do. So maybe you do numbers like you're, you know, paying your bills, your invoices on Fridays. So do all those together. So you kind of do numbers together. If you're doing writing activities, try to do those together. Maybe you have CEO time, right? Thinking kind of bigger picture, bigger planning. Do those at the same time every week. And it just makes your life so much easier. It's predictable. Your brain likes it. And we're working with our brains doing that. 
I love time blocking and I love that idea. I had, I, I, I love working with your brain. Like that's so smart. And that's essentially what I do. I like to teach women and help women with is, um, is to how to work with their brain instead of against their brain, right? Like you can't stop thinking something. So how do you work with your brain and using the concepts of like doing similar tasks and batching them together is super efficient and very effective from a neuroscience standpoint, right? Because like you said, the brain kind of has like some predictable loops. And so being able to do a repetitive task, you know, whether it's even for 30 or 60 minutes, however long it takes you to do that. So efficient. And, and I love that idea. I don't think I have been batching my tasks like I should be. I think that I tend to um, see my entrepreneur job as like my free time that I'm like, oh, I'll just do whatever I feel like doing, which is probably in part why I'm always scattered and working till 11 o'clock at night. But, um, you know, but I think that by being more intentional about how you block your time, I'm a huge fan of time blocking as well. I tend to do it, you know, on a week long basis and kind of carve out, you know, when my family time is, when my self-care time is and, right, right. and all that sort of stuff. Is that something that you typically encourage as well? Yes, definitely. So I only work part-time and now during this Corona time, I'm only working two hours a day. And so I have a lot of big blocks of other things that I have to be responsible for and doing. So I definitely think as moms and entrepreneurs, that's why you definitely need to, you know, block your business time, but I also block the rest of my life as well. And I think something to think about is, if you have a plan for the time, so let's say maybe you only get a half an hour a day to work on your business, make sure as soon as that clock hits and you know you get time, you know exactly what you're going to work on. I see too many people say, I sit down at my desk and then I'm like, I don't know what I should do. And then they go on the Facebook and they kind of go down that route. So if you know exactly what you're going to do as soon as you sit down, it's so much more efficient again. So you're getting that full half an hour of time that maybe you've carved out to work on your business. So you're getting the things done that you really need to. And it takes a degree of planning ahead for your week, right? To be able to know what exactly you have to do. I keep, you know, a, a kind of a to-do list, but it's it should be more prioritized because that will often happen to me. I'm like, okay, the kids are in bed. I have two hours and I'm going to work on stuff. And I'm like, I know I have 17 things to do. What was I supposed to do, right? Like, what do I need to do first right now? And, and so, so being very intentional, planning it out. I think the time blocking, the thing that helps with time blocking or what time blocking helps with is what I should say, is that feeling of, um, of guilt that moms get to when they're working on a business, mm-hmm. um, when they feel like they maybe should be spending time with their family. At least I found that was my experience the way I started carving out in my week like that I could look on Monday and see all the time I was blocked out to be with my kids Uh I knew on Monday afternoon when I was working on my business I'm like well you know I'm gonna the next two hours is gonna be with my kids and it was like scheduled that way it just kind of took that load off that guilt of of like oh I should be with them because no this is my defined business time because that's my defined family time. And when I'm doing that family time, I'm not multitasking and doing business as well. Right. I'm hundred percent present with them in that family time. So super important. I think time blocking is like so, so vital for moms and it's flexible. That's what I love about time blocking, right? It's so flexible. I have a very, very changeable schedule in my work in medicine and then my online business and my family. And, you know, I, like a lot of us, I just have a very changeable schedule and it's the way that I can be very adaptable and still make sure I get all my tasks done and the ones that are priority. So that's great. Definitely. I mean, I think it's so important to be intentional with your time. And I think that's the switch, right? Because if you know you have time for your business and time for your family, you don't have that mom guilt, right? Because you know that you have time for everything. And one tip that I'll give you is I put into my schedule buffer blocks. So it's a block of time with no tasks attached. And so that way, like when I had something that came up with my kids, I just moved my blocks around. So it's like I had free time already planned into my schedule so that when those crazy things came up, 
I had the time to switch everything around. And if there's nothing that came up that week, I had like bonus time. So I was like, wow, now what can I do? And I always had a list of things like, hey, this is a fun activity maybe that I'll do, right? So I think having those buffer blocks really gives you even that extra flexibility for your schedule. Absolutely. Which um, calendar kind of like personal calendar system do you recommend? Like, are you a pen and paper in your agenda kind of girl or like an online calendar, a mix of both? What do you typically recommend? So I have a Google calendar, but I use Asana a lot because I do have a couple of people that I work with so that I can uh, assign different tasks and things to them, but it's all connected to my Google calendar. I think that is kind of the easiest way to start. I think a lot of people can get up and running with the Google calendar quickly. And again, you can share it with your family. Like I have my family calendar on there. I have my business calendar. So everything I can see at once. And I think you can actually create a special calendar, an additional calendar. That's your time block. And so like maybe you have Mondays as CEO time every Monday, you can kind of lay that over your schedule to make sure you're doing the things that you say you want to do on Mondays mm-hmm. or Tuesdays or whatever. And you can see that. So mm-hmm. I think that's an easy way to start. That brings up a really good point, actually, that I'm not sure you intended to bring up, but that it's one thing to set a schedule and and it's another thing to follow it. So do you find that a lot is like every, you know, and I've done this at times too. I'm pretty good at following my schedule, but sometimes I'm like, okay, I set up all this schedule and it looks really good at the beginning of the week. Then I get to Wednesday and I don't really want to do what I plan to do and I don't really follow the schedule, right? Like, so do you find that's a common thing with other people or is it just me? (laughs) No, I mean, you know, a lot of people talk about motivation. I'm not always sure that it's motivation. They say, I don't feel as motivated by the end of the week. And I totally get that. I mean, part of that's being tired. And part of that is the the crazy things that maybe that are happening in your life. But I think when you have a priority, that's why I think if it's a really meaningful priority, like I try not to set a priority that's just kind of superficial, but something that's really meaningful to you, especially when it comes to your family and yourself, I think you don't want to skip that then, right? And if it's something meaningful in your business, like you're really excited about a certain project and that's your priority, I think you want to do it. And so I would definitely suggest if you're not feeling like you want to complete the whole week or to be able to work on the specific project, maybe you're not choosing the right priority for you. So I think it's definitely going back to that. Um, You know, some people forget about their schedule. I mean, I put a gazillion notifications, right? So it's always reminding me, oh, that's right. I have this coming up and things that um, I think just prompt you to be able to be in the right frame of mind to do whatever you're supposed to do next. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay, let's talk about time management in the home, right? Because not all of my listeners are entrepreneurs. Um, a lot of them are at home, maybe either full-time or you know, stay-at-home moms, or they're working outside the home and coming home. So talk to me a little bit about some time management strategies that you've seen to be successful for moms. So one thing I want everyone to think about first is, especially kind of during this crazy times, um, I think you need to know your family and to know your kids especially. You need to think, I have two boys and they're very different, right? And so some of the strategy I would use with one doesn't work with the other. So for instance, think about your kids and how you want them to wake up in the morning, especially with summer coming, right? So maybe you have one child that wakes up and is raring to go. They have all the energy in the world. That's not the time to say, oh, let's sit down and do math or whatever that is, right? You wanna work with them again. And maybe you have another child that maybe wakes up really slowly. And this is the time to actually let them do that. You know, During the school year, they can't. But this is a time if they want to maybe read a little bit before they get out of bed, or maybe they like to have breakfast and then take a shower. Like I would really involve your kids with this and see how do you want to wake up in the morning? How do you want to start the day? Because I think that can really set them up for success for the day. And I like to talk about anchor routines with kids. 
And what that is, I mean, most people have a bedtime routine, right? So you kind of know that that's an anchor. But when you think about it from the kid's perspective, having this whole day of just time that has nothing to do per se, that's really challenging. So I think if you can have that morning routine, again, hopefully working with them, how they want to wake up and really involve them, and then maybe have like a lunch routine because you have this big space in the morning. So maybe you have certain activities that you do, maybe you exercise, run outside or something, have them play, have a snack. But if you have a lunch, they kind of know like, oh, that's right. Okay, now it's lunchtime. Maybe after lunch, you have some quiet time and then you have an activity later. So again, you need to let them have some, you know, markers during the day so they know what is expected of them, right? So during mm -hmm. the school year, the teachers probably take the first month and a half to teach them the schedule of the day, right? So when we can kind of give them these clues like, oh, this is what happens and this is what happened next, I think it's much more successful for the kids and much happier times in the household. Absolutely. And I mean, kids need routine. I talk a lot about how our brains love routine, like we are habit forming creatures and children especially need structure in their day. And mm -hmm. so, you know, speaking right now in this COVID pandemic time where, where kids are home and it's a lot of unstructured time, which is fantastic because children do need a lot of unstructured time and unstructured free play. But like having like, I love that idea of defined kind of like lunchtime and then after lunchtime we do, you know, whatever, read stories or whatever. Um, just having kind of those, I like the word anchor too. I haven't heard that used before, but to help them pass the time, my girls are only three. And so they, you know, they say everything as we did that last morning, like they have no concept of time, right? Every time is that tomorrow we're going, you know, like to Mexico. I'm like, no, that's in October, you know, like they don't have any concept of time. And so to use those defined things, they're almost in their brains being like, okay, the day's half over. Okay. I get this. We do this in midday and then we do, you know, dinner time and, and then it's close to bedtime and it just helps them stay on track with the day because realistically especially our kids like we're kind of running the show the majority of the time for where they go and what we're doing and what we're doing now and it could be kind of unsettling to not have an idea of where the day is going so I love that I, I also kind of call that like um being aware of your kids energy right and so and and kind of attuning to what they need at that time because the higher energy kids going to need more, you know, outside big body play to burn off that energy. The, the lower energy child's going to need time quietly to read and things. And by honoring those times that they need that stuff, then, you know, it helps you be more efficient and do what you need to do as well when you can kind of play off of what they need. So, so valuable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you think about it, I think we all kind of got in this homeschooling or schooling kids at home, right? You know, when you think about it, traditional homeschoolers, really for younger kids, they have an hour of instruction a day. And even older kids are only two to three. And so I think we tried to overschedule our kids during this time because we just thought, well, school day is eight hours. So we need to have something for them to do every eight hours. But typically, like, I think a lot of successful homeschooling routines are kind of, you know, maybe in the morning you have your kind of instruction. And then in the afternoon is when you can have projects. Maybe that's the time when you kind of do your baking. So you're working on math and chemistry and all those skills kind of have those bigger projects that can maybe really be fun projects for them to do. So you can kind of structure the day like that. It's not exactly anchor routines, but again, it's that predictability for the kids. So they know, oh yeah, in the morning we do this, in the afternoon we do this. They don't have to know the times, right? We're all the timekeepers, but they just have to know that, oh, okay, after breakfast, this is what we do. After lunch, this is what we do. And I just think that makes it easier for them to uh, know what's going to happen each day because I think they get a little un uncertain what's supposed to happen each day when we just have hours and hours of nothing, right? No school, no Absolutely. nothing. So I think that can really help kids. Yeah, for sure. And I think that 
that that family harmony has been even harder now than it is when than when our children are in school and we're all working right it's hard to find that flow and it's harder now with with no structure so i love those tips um for kind of introducing some more structure into your day in a way that still allows them to play and enjoy this this big block of unstructured time. Awesome. Okay. Talk to me a little bit about other household routines, perhaps if you have some tips yeah. about that. So one thing I would definitely encourage people to try, and I get pushed back on this all the time, but let me tell you my whole story. So I call it quiet time. So you can imagine when I was by myself, my two little boys, they were with me all the time. And when I had a preschooler and one kindergarten, it was half day, but it was like, seriously, like two and a half hours. Right. So the whole day they were with me. And so I realized I needed some time to myself and I started doing quiet time, but I did it in a way that made it as a game. So what I said, we started like with 15 minutes, that's it. And I said, okay, you guys are going to go to your room and you're going to play. You can play with your Legos or your trucks or your music, whatever that is. And then you're going to come back and tell me all the things you did. And we're going to write down all the things that you got done during this time. And they're like, oh, wow, cool. And of course, my little three-year-old, we put clocks in each room and I put the timers on he would peek out all the time. I'm like, oh, you're missing out. You're not going to get as much done as your brother. <laughs> so then he'd run back and try to do some things. And what happened, and I, what I really realized is that, you know, I have boys and we think they're really active, but I think they also need some quiet time kind of even for their nervous system. Because after a while, I got to lengthen and lengthen and lengthen their quiet time to the point where sometimes they would fall asleep, which was amazing for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, I get so, um, but also they would start asking me, mom, when's quiet time? I'm like, you can do quiet time. Whenever you, <laughs> you don't have to ask me for that. But I think they actually really liked it. Even I have teenagers now, but they will go and just go read in their room. Like, I think it really set them up. Like they just knew, like there are certain times that they needed to just decompress. Maybe to have a little time without his brother. You know, the brothers were always together mm -hmm. to have a little time mm -hmm. apart. And I think that really helped them and it definitely helped me. So, you know, definitely try to set it up as a game, right? So afterwards I'd say, okay, you do it for 15 minutes, come back and tell me all the things you do. And then we have this game that we'll play together or we'll do this special thing to make it really fun for them. And they yeah. really liked it because they would come back, well, I did this and this and this and this. And it was just, you know, setting it up like that was the best thing that I did because they were excited about it. And they, every day they were excited, which was crazy. I was like, do you think you'd get bored with us? But they didn't. So I was yeah. like, perfect. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a special kind of time where they get to go and do whatever they want. And that's super fun. I love that idea. We do use timers. We're huge fans of timers in our household because, um, you know, our girls have a certain amount of like screen time every day and they're usually, you know, it's 730 in the morning and they're like, mom, can we watch our show? I'm like, no, dude, that's not how this works. And so I've gotten in the habit of kind of showing them on our big clock where the arm is going to be when it's time for them to to watch their show and and it's been awesome because what i've noticed is like they're for the first little while i actually have pictures of them like standing there staring at the clock which was hilarious at first but then within you know five ten minutes they're like okay well we're not doing it until the hand gets to this part so we might as well go play and and i can't tell you the number of times that by the time the time rolls around they get to watch the show they're off playing completely independently they don't even realize right that the time has come and gone now, sometimes they're kind of catching on to my tactics and they're, and she'll, especially my little, my one girl, Faye, she'll come around and be like, mom, 
Mom the clock. Um, and she does not let me forget, but, but realistically it's, it's like using timers as well in, you know, we're going to, we're going to do this for this much longer, or you have this much longer to eat your meal. You know, if you have those kiddos that get up and walk around and don't want to eat their meal and things like that, timers can just be so incredibly effective. My in-laws watched my girls back in January when the world was still normal. And we were able to travel and, uh, and we went away for a week, my husband and I, and she, my, my mother-in-law was cracking up because every time she would tell the girls, like it was time for bed or, you know, we're going to go and get ready for bed or we're going to go out for a walk. My little one Monroe would be like, set a timer because she like, we had gotten so used to using timers. And so she met, she called me, she's like, it's so hilarious. Like every time I tell Monroe something, set a timer. So timers, yeah, timers are good. And then I had some thoughts because summer is coming and I think, you know, a lot of camps are closed, a lot of pools are closed and some things to think about. So, you know, I know from my experience that a lot of the jobs that my kids have set up are no longer available. So there are a lot of middle schoolers and high schoolers who are around. And I did this a lot when my kids were littler. I would have um, this girl come over. She was just in our neighborhood and I would be here working and they would play at the house but I didn't have to worry about them, right? And they were excited because this older kid was coming over and they would play games or they'd run through the sprinkler or whatever. And of course they knew I was here. So it wasn't perfect. Sometimes they'd come in and ask me or bother me or something. But it was a kind of a peace of mind for me. Like I could focus and I knew that they were taken care of and okay and just nearby. So definitely think about ways that you can use maybe neighborhood kids or kids that you know that maybe could come and help you out. The other thing I did a lot was I had a friend, while she didn't have an online business, I think we all have things that we want to do appointments and things like that. So we would swap kids. So she had kids that were similar in age to mine. So they'd all come over to my house, for instance, in the morning, we'd have this big play date and they play all morning while she went off and did the things she needed to do. And then she would take all the kids to her house in the afternoon. And so that I would have the afternoon to actually work. And I knew the kids were having fun. I mean, they had a blast. They had two play dates in one day. They would say that all the time. I can't believe we get two play dates in one day, but we try to do something fun. Right. So we'd go to a park or whatever. But I think you got to think of ways if you're going to be struggling a little bit with time this summer because everyone's around mm-hmm. all the time. Think of kind of new ways that you can use your friends or other people to make it possible for you to be able to work on your business. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I love those. I mean, I'm, I also am a huge fan of time swaps. I don't use them so much with other women necessarily, but I use them with my husband because he's a stay at home dad. And we often will t- trade out our time and we, it, we do it for exercise, right? I, I'll take my hour, you take yours. And, um, and that's worked really well. And I know that, you know, with this, COVID pandemic and all the social distancing that sometimes it's a bit messy. So of course, if you're going to be using a strategy like that, which I love and trading kids, just make sure you're following all the correct public health advice in your local area. You know, I have to do my doctor disclaimer there, but you know, around where we are, it's like totally lightening up. We just had one of our favorite uh, neighborhood girls come over and stay with our girls for a couple hours. And not only was it great for us, because my husband and I got to get out, you know, without the kids for once and 12 weeks, but, um, she, they also got somebody different as well, which was a huge thing, right? They were like, get out of here, mom. Like we don't need you anymore. And we were able to get things done more efficiently, right? We were outgoing, doing some different errands and things. And so I love the idea of using a time swap and finding somebody who's willing to work with you. Like I'll take your kids morning, you take them afternoon, super, super effective. I think we don't lean on our village enough when it comes to time management. And I think that's why a lot of moms really struggle with it is that we still, despite us trying to shed this idea that we're supposed to be everything and do everything. Um, you know, we're still kind of holding on to that. Like we still feel like we should need to be doing everything ourselves. 
And when in reality, we not only shouldn't be, well, we can't, right? And so I think leaning on your village, whether it be, you know, doing child swaps or having a neighborhood kid watch, or if it's, you know, outsourcing, getting your groceries delivered or ordering them online, hallelujah for that, right? (laughs) Any of these kind of strategies that allow you to free up your time, it's the same kind of idea, right? Like lean, and if you can afford, outsource your dog walking, outsource your laundry, like if you can afford it and if you can't, right? Like there's lots of people who'd be willing to trade, I'm sure with different with different um kind of tasks and i think if you're really creative about it you can really really make the most of your time and i think it's not only time but i think it frees up like mental clutter right we all have totally. that laundry or the dog walking or whatever in the back of our mind and if we can think oh i don't have to worry about that because x is coming over to do that for us i think it's a relief because you really don't have to think about it like you can really then focus you don't have these kind of things nagging you behind you right Yeah. I often have people tell me, I was actually just talking to a family member today and she's like, Oh, I see you online. And how do you do it all? And I always catch people and I'm like, dude, I don't do it all. Like, let's not kid. Like I'll be the first one to tell you that I outsource a ton of stuff in my life. Right. And I am so lucky. Like I have a full time stay at home parent, right. As part of my other half. And so like, we don't, I think that sometimes we see this, you know, the illusion that somebody, a specific, a specific person that, you know, might be doing all the things and it seems like she's doing everything. And how does she do it all when really she's probably just really effective at managing her time. And really, like I always say, I'm ruthless with my time. I'm like, if that is, that's not serving me and I can get somebody else to do that rather, you know, like ideally for free, but if not, then great. We can, you know, if we can afford it, then we'll get that done by somebody other than me. And even other than my husband, really like, you know, even when it comes to fixing, things around the house I'm always like you know what like that's actually to me not worth your four hours like I'd rather have you your four hours with us and and we'll you know do that a different way so I think it's just kind of like not getting over your pride but my listeners always know I'm really honest about it but like kind of get over yourself and just hire someone if you can right or just you know do those time swaps and really be realistic about what you can fit in because I think when we try to do so much and be it all that's where all the overwhelm comes in and for sure and just think about it like if you have maybe a virtual assistant who's really great at graphics they can probably do them in half the time that it takes you to do it so mm-hmm. it's almost better to pay somebody to do that because you're not wasting them two hours when they could do it an hour or whatever that is and the same thing if you have friends you know i don't think we always ask our friends even though i'm sure that they would help us right and they don't have to be an entrepreneur i have a lot of people i don't know any other female entrepreneurs i'm like they don't have to they probably want to go maybe shopping or get their hair done or just be them by themselves or maybe meet another friend so you can help them even if they're not exactly like an entrepreneur like you are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And so you have a system that I haven't asked about yet. You called it um, the redesign your time system. And I'm not sure if maybe we've covered a lot of that already, or if you want to kind of go into, into that a little bit and talk a little bit about that system that you've created. So we've talked about different elements of that for sure already. So again, having that time frame, choosing those priorities. Uh, one thing I didn't really mention is I'm big on blocking off first non-business activities. And so again, that goes back to the priorities I talked about for your family and for yourself. And you know, when we're in kind of non-corona times, the activities maybe that your kids have, do you know that you have to be those done first? And so I block off those first, and then you actually understand how much time you have to work on your business. I think we have these big plans like, oh, I can work 40 hours a week in my business, 
when in reality, that's just not true because there's so many other things with your family and even for yourself. So I think it's so important to be realistic about the time you have for your business. And that's why that priority for your business is important too, because then you know what you need to focus on in the time remaining that you have for your business. So it's just kind of the step-by-step system that helps you walk through figuring out how much time you have for your business, the things you need to get done, and then how you kind of create those time blocks, those blocks of time with similar activities so that you can have a system that's easy, that works with your brain, and that helps you kind of be in that flow. So you can do the business and have the time for your family and for yourself, carving out that time for yourself. That's awesome. That sounds fantastic. And I think it sounds like something that honestly, any woman, whether she's an entrepreneur or not, any mom could totally use that, that idea of really using your priorities and working with your brain and all those amazing things that you just mentioned. This even was- if you don't have a business, if you're just a mom at home, you, maybe there's a project, maybe you want to work on a quilt, or maybe you have something that you want to lo- learn art, whatever that is. So it doesn't have to be a business per se, right? It can just be something that you really want to focus on and work on. And then you got to make sure you're making time for that. Totally. And when it comes to kind of working with your brain, also it, it's important to be aware of you know, like your own energy and your own patterns, right? In the day, I tend to have like this grand idea that I'm going to do a whole bunch of stuff after bedtime, you know, and in the beginning of my business, I would always do my coaching hours from like 7.30 to 9.30 at night. And I was like, I get to bed, put the kids to bed and I'd be like, well, God, this feels terrible. Right. And I would be tired and I wouldn't really be able to show up to my, you know, client coaching calls as well as I wanted to. And then I smartened up and I realized like, Carly, you are your own boss here. Like you can put those time, those hours elsewhere. And so really being aware of like, what are your own energy patterns? Do you work best in the morning? Like I do, do you work best in the evening? Some people are night owls and they really love those like late hour works, working um, hours and stuff. So, so just being aware of not only like your family's routines, but your own kind of personal body schedule. And are you an early riser? Are you like, you know, a night owl, those sorts of things, or maybe you get, you know, a ton of work done around 3 PM. I don't know who does that, but you know, like maybe that's your time. So I definitely yeah. talk about that because I found um, early on, like I had this grand plan that I was going to work out and then I was going to do, so I worked um, with patents previously and uh, it was really detail oriented work. So I'd work out and then I try to do this detail oriented work and I just couldn't do it. Like I just, it would take me double the time it typically, and it just took me forever to figure out what is my problem? Like, why can't I do this? And I really realized there was something about exercising, maybe the endorphins, I don't know, that I couldn't focus like I needed to. Yeah. So I switched that out and I did social media and that was so much easier. I was just like, oh, that's lighter. So I think we all have times, like maybe when you're really good at writing, some people are really good in the morning. I'm not mm-hmm. really good at morning writing, right? So you mm-hmm. need to work for sure with yourself, figure out the times of the day that you do certain things better and then make sure you're putting your block of time there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And on the flip side, I am a morning person. Like I'm a huge, like 5 a.m., 5.30. My body wakes up like on its own now which is good and bad, right. admittedly. But um, but because I, you know, have all this other stuff usually going on in the day that that was my only time that I get like for meditation and journaling and self-care and all these important things. And it's also now the time that I use to write because I'm writing a book. So I use that time to write, you know, a thousand words every morning as, as much as I can, as often as I can. Um, and and so, so maybe the morning is for you and maybe it's not, 
but also trying to force yourself into something that you think you should be doing just because you hear like, you know, me saying I'm a morning person, Karen's not a morning person. Like you can do this and be successful in whatever way works for you. And it's just the more important thing is to find what specifically is your system, what that's going to work for you and using all the like, you know, resources like podcasts and, and different experts and, you know, time management experts like you to get ideas, but realize that not every single system will work for every single person. No, and you really need to have a system that's flexible and customizable because everybody's brain works differently. So you need to find what works best for you. We can give you kind of guidelines and the things that typically work for people, but you need to test out. I have everyone test out their schedule, this perfect schedule that they create for at least two weeks, because you're not going to understand if this is really the best rhythm for you until you've really tested it out. And then you can say, you know what? I really am not able to write when I thought I could. It's not the best thing. Mm -hmm. So then swap that out. But at least you have a starting point. Like you have to have some kind of starting point to test it and then you can figure out what's the best, what works best for you. Yes, absolutely. Karen, this has been just so fun. And with every single guest, I say this, I think. So listeners are probably like, oh, Carly, enough. But every single time I'm like, I could talk to you for hours. And, and I have to cut the interview short because my listeners are moms and they have lots of to do. Um, but, um, but I want you to please share with the audience how they can reach out to you. How do you help women, right? What sort of services do you have and where can they find you if they want to connect and learn more? So I'm on all the platforms, Facebook, Instagram. So I'm on Second Neck Moms is the, my business name, but on Instagram, I'm Karen A. Grill. Um, I definitely help um, more uh, entrepreneurs, so female entrepreneurs, um, but a lot of it is trying to do those time management systems because they don't have as much time. And I really want them to be able to do these businesses. There are so many amazing women who maybe have worked in corporate before, and then they wanted to stay home with their kids, but they still have all this education and skills and knowledge, right? That they can still contribute to the world and share their gifts. And so it's really figuring out that way that they can do it, even if they only have a couple hours a day. So really kind of optimizing the time they have so that they can do that, but then still have the family time and time for themselves. So that um, that's how I typically work with women. But I would be so excited to talk with anyone. If you have any questions, I'm happy to answer them. Yes, of course. And all of that content information and Karen's website will be included in the show notes at curlycrew.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to Mind Over Motherhood and we will catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Mind Over Motherhood podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can get updated each week when a new episode is released. Have comments or questions about this episode? Reach out to me on either Instagram or Facebook at curlycrew or through my website at carlycrew.com. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you could share it with someone you love or snap a screenshot and share it on social media. Be sure to tag me so I can say hello. As always, remember, you're meant for more mama and there's nothing wrong with that.